0: How many of you are ready for the Word today? Come on! Woo! We get excited about the Word of God here at Ready, 8 Search. Uh, so we're excited that you are with us. Hey, listen, we're going to take a pause on our paparazzi series going through the book of James. We're going to pick that back up and end that series next Sunday as we go through James 5. So you have all the time in the world. Uh, over and Actually, you only have seven days, but you got about seven days. You go read James chapter 5 leading up to next week. It's going to be a great uh, finale to that series. It's going to be so fun um, as you and your guests come and, 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 and hear what James has to say. But I wanted to take a pause and preach on something that I will unapologetically preach on every single year here at Radiate Church, and it is the power of relationships. The power of relationships is too powerful for us. So if you want to go ahead and turn in on your Bibles to Acts chapter 9, uh, that's where we're going to hang out today the whole time. So... I wanted to let you know as you're turning there, I wanted to let you know that starting Wednesday morning, we have something called the 21 Days of Prayer that's going to begin here at Radiate Church. We're going through 21 straight days of prayer together. We'd love for you to be a part of it, September 1st through September 21st. Every weekday, we are meeting from 6 to 7 a.m. right here for a short devotion, a time of worship, and some prayer over prayer prompts. We will pray over certain topics and we will pray over churches in our area. And uh, we would love for you to be a part of that. And you will be out of here by 7 a.m. We have coffee for you. So you will be caffeinated. You don't have fall asleep in the middle of it all. If you do, I'll walk by and kick you. It's all good. We'll wake you up. Uh would love for as many people. And I know some of you are like, I got kids that have to be at school at that time. I understand that. We will be streaming it uh, on our Facebook page. But listen, don't use that as an excuse to miss. I'm telling you, something powerful that, come, that happens when God's people come together in, uh, in person and enjoy that even if one of you stays home with the kids and the other one comes just we would love for you to come for 21 days it's gonna be amazing and then on Saturdays we're meeting from 9 to 10 a.m. so you get to sleep in a little bit on Saturday 9 to 10 a.m. right here still coffee we'll still be ready for you it's gonna be a great time and on Sundays we'll incorporate that as well so we'd love for you to be a part of that I believe God's gonna move mightily I believe some amazing things are gonna take place there. So I want, to talk, I want to talk about relationships. I want to talk about connections. I want to talk about groups today. And, and again, I will unapologetically talk about this multiple times a year because it is entirely too important for the kingdom of God. I believe that the kingdom of God is administered relationally. Here's what I mean by that. I believe that the kingdom of God is expanded and pressed forward relationally. Whenever we're in relationship with others. I believe that it is way too important to be in relationship. We're in a world today where everyone feels like they're on an island by themselves, don't we? We feel like we're isolated. We're told to stay away from people and stuff. And I understand. I'm not getting into the scientific debate today. I'm just telling you we're in this world where it feels like we have to do everything By ourselves, and we can't be in circles, and we can't be in groups, and we can't be together. And I just need to tell you, that is not how we were created. That is not how the kingdom was was intended. That's not how you were created. We weren't created to enjoy that. We weren't created to be in isolation. We were created to be in relationship with each other. There is a reason that solitary confinement and isolation is a form of torture to people. Because we weren't created to be that way. Relationships is entirely too important to the kingdom of God because all of us need friends, right? We all need friends. We all need connections because it makes us better. And, and there's actually a couple in our church that made a video for us that talks about how important that has been in their relationship with God since they've been a part of Radiate Church. And so if you would, just turn your attention to the screen for about two minutes, and I'd love for you to hear their heart about relationships.
1: Hey guys, Justin Graham here. I'm here with my wife Amber, and we are part of your Radiate Church family. And we just wanted to take a moment and just share with you guys how much life groups mean to us and the impact they've made in our lives. I know me personally, uh, I've built some really strong connections with people that I would not have if it had not been for our life group we are absolutely enjoying the connections we've been able to make we know that throughout these connections we have strengthened ourselves we've had people that we've been able to lean on to whenever we've had a hard day whether it's a text message a phone call whatever it may be we've been able to serve together the community in a mighty mighty way make an impact in other people's lives together You know, Radiate's special secret sauce, I guess you'd say, is connection. We we strive off these life groups because we know that when we're connected, we are as strong as we can be. And that's the life God intended for us, and it's made a massive impact in my life. How about yours?
2: Yeah, so hosting a life group um, has been something that's been life-changing for us, I think, for our whole family, including our kids. Um, To see the excitement in their face every other Sunday when um, they're running around the house excited. Is it Life Group Sunday? Um, and on Sundays that it's not, they're bummed. So watching that excitement because they get to learn Jesus in their, their language as well um, it's just really um, something that we strive for as well and kind of boost our energy to get ready for Life Group as well. But we've been able to um, come alongside some people, um, learn and grow together. We have actually um, I think honestly, you know, life group helps you go from being in a church building to becoming the church together, which is what we what we are. Um, So I just think that being in that intimate setting where we can talk to people, get to know them, what's going on in their life and walk through that with them. It's just so much bigger um, than coming just to a church where we grow together as well. So that's kind of what it's just been a huge impact in our family. I just think you'd be missing out if you just didn't take a chance today to sign up for a life group. Um, you want to go deeper, you want to go bigger with God, um, a life group's the way to make it happen. Oh, yeah. I agree. That's just what it's meant to us. So um, I don't want you to miss out.
1: Come on. Give
0: it up for those guys. You know, she said something in there that was so good. She said it, it helps us go from being in a church together to being the, or in a church building to being in the church together. And, and I believe life groups is the secret sauce Of not just Radiate Church, but the kingdom, man. I believe connections and relationships is a secret sauce that makes it all go. And and, and I want to talk about the importance of that today because it is so powerful in the kingdom. And it is all throughout the kingdom of God. When we talk about that, we actually have a value uh, that we don't just put on our wall. But we want to live out down the hall because a value that's on the wall is nothing more than lip service. But we want it to be lived out down the hall of our lives and our homes, uh, wherever that is. And it's this. We weren't meant, we weren't designed to do life alone. We just weren't designed to do it. Like, I don't know through some of my hardest times in my life, through my surgeries, um, where things got, got iffy there for a while, to be quite honest. Where, you know, things in my life were going difficult. I don't know where I'd be without people in my lives I, I, I've got my staff are here with me my, my leaders are with me in this I've got relationships with people I never would have had if I never would have joined a life group at Radiate Church and yeah your pastor is a part of life groups here at Radiate in fact I'm, I'm I, Travis and I are leading a golf one we're not good at golf but we're gonna we're gonna lead a golf life group right we're gonna teach you how to not to play and it's just like they're that important in fact I, I have this experience recently that I shared in the first experience that uh, I have a gr- small group of friends, we're called the Rowdy Reverends, and uh, it's it's a funny joke, it was funny to me, not to anybody else, uh, that's okay. Um, so we had this group of friends, and about six weeks ago or so, I was going through, sometime within that frame, I was going through a, a really difficult situation that was around me, and and I just happened to be a part of, and, and I was just trying, like, you know, you know. sometimes situations happen and you're trying to pull, and, and pull things together and wear many hats and help people out. And I texted that group of guys, about five of us, I texted them. I said, guys, I'm going to be as transparent, transparent with you as I've ever been. And I, and I began to tell them like, how difficult that season was for me and what was going on in my life. And, and, and they were, you know, we're praying for you, man. What can we do? What do you need? I have one guy. Um, one guy actually asked me. He said, do me and my wife need to get in our car and drive down there right now and, and just, like, take you and your wife out to eat so that you can get your mind off of it? Like, that, that, that meant the wor- I was like, no, that's a three-and-a-half-hour ride for you. Absolutely not. That's not, you know, but he was like, we'll do it. I promise we'll do it. I was like, I know you will, but that's not what I need. And then about a, a week ago, week and a half ago, you know, the situation has resolved itself, and things are going well, and I'm feeling better. And sometimes when that happens, you can forget about the difficulty of it. One of those guys texted me, and he said, hey, man, how's that situation in your life? And, and I just told him, I was like, it's good, we're going well. Like, this is how, you know, things are happening in my life, and, and in the person that was around me, and, or, or the situation that was around me, and here's how that's going. And, man, and it just meant the world to me that not just during the crisis, I had somebody. But after the crisis, they wanted to make sure that everything was okay. And, and I want to tell you two things. One, I couldn't have got through that without a group of people that were lifting me up and, and supporting me in that moment. And two, I know you feel like sometimes you walk in here, and you're the, because difficulty makes us feel like we're handling it by ourselves. Nobody else is hurting. Nobody, everybody else is smiling. Everybody else is good. Nobody else is going through what I'm going through. I just need you to, t- to know that even your pastor carries things on this stage that you have no idea about. Even your pastor needs people in his lives in an intentional and strategic way so that we can get to a place to where we are okay. I know you may be like, I don't want a pastor like that. I want a pastor that floats with a halo and glows at night. I'm not that guy, right? I go through things. You know, I I, I feel things. You know, things happen to me, but I could not get through it without connections, without pastor friends, without people that care about me without people that tell me that it's all going to be all right man i got your back and i want to i want to tell you about a story right I want to tell you about a story in Acts chapter 9, one of my favorite stories in the Bible, to where this guy named Saul is coming up. And what happens is, and you may have heard this before, but I'm giving some backstory. Saul is uh, killing Christians and, and executing them and arresting them because he, he hates it. And that's just what he was, uh, that's what he's paid to do, honestly, and, 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 and all that stuff. And if you want to see what that looks like, all you got to do is turn on the news right now. Overseas in Afghanistan, it, it's, it's taking place. Right now, we need to make that a a constant moment of prayer in our in our lives. Um, I did hear so I saw something interesting the other day that that there was a I think in an underground church. I actually think Pastor Chris posted it. An underground church. There was about 200 people in that underground church in Afghanistan. And over the past like 10 days, it's blown up to like 2,500 people in 10 days. Come on, somebody! God moves when the church is persecuted. God always shines brighter. When the church is persecuted, and and listen, can I just be, can I be transparent with you for a second? Can I tell you, like, we're over here trying to figure out if God hates us because he's asking us to wear masks in certain places, and they're over there literally giving their lives for the cross of Jesus. Like, I know that's America versus there, but I'm just telling you, like, sometimes we need a perspective shift sometimes we need to be able to look at things and be like, maybe it's not as bad as I think it is just because it doesn't fit within my Western narrative. Are we, are we okay? Y'all okay? We, y'all still love me, right? That's what's happening in, in, in the Bible too, right here with Saul. And Saul comes to this place called Damascus Road. I've actually been in, to a place where I've seen Damascus Road. I haven't been to Damascus Road, but I've seen Damascus Road. And it's a crazy like thing because I immediately think back to the story and Saul is traveling uh, uh, and he's going to get these Christians and all of a sudden he has this experience with God so he's ri- riding this donkey on the road, right, he's doing this number and then this bright light shines and it's God and he has this encounter with God and, you know, and, and then he has these scales that form over his eyes. And, It it, it creates a darkness. How many of you know that when it's just you and darkness, it's you and your past, your present, and your future, and that's about all you got left? You know what I'm saying? And I just like to think that sometimes that was God going, Hey, Saul, I need you to reflect on who you've been and compare it to who you just met. I need you to reflect on who you've been and compare it to the God that you just met and how much I love you and I'm here for you. And I just think about that. And then this is where this guy named Ananias shows up in the story, right? This guy named Ananias shows up and. And, and Ananias gets the ever-living snot scared out of him in this moment. That's some good old country talk right there. And, uh, and he just gets scared. And watch, this is what Ananias does. We don't know a ton, about, a ton about Ananias leading up to this. And we don't know a ton about Ananias after this and what their encounter or relationship looked like. But watch, this is what happens. Uh, verse 10, we're going to read verses 10 through 12. Then we're going to skip down to 17 through 20. We're just going to miss the... uh, I'll give you a brief version of the middle section, but it says this. Now, there was a disciple at Damascus named Ananias. See, I told you I wasn't lying. And the Lord said to him in a vision, Ananias. I just think that's how the Lord said his name. And he said, Here I am, Lord. And the Lord said to him, Get up and go to the street called Straight and inquire at the house of Judas for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying there. And he has seen in a vision a man named Ananias come in and lay his hands on him so that he might regain sight. Man, I love that. And as soon, like, you ever gotten this encounter with God where you feel like he's telling you something until he gets to like the nitty-gritty details of it, and then you're like, oh, that's the butterflies in my stomach. I'm very nervous. That was probably Ananias. He was probably like, okay, I'll go where you told me to go. And then he goes, Saul of Tarsus. And he's like, hold up. He kills people like me. Like, I'm not all about that life, God. Like, this, that's a crazy talk. In fact, Ananias, for just a moment, it's like he's trying to remind God of who Saul was. Wow. And like, hey, this is, how, this is what he does, God. And God's like, I got you. I got your back. I got your circle. I'm okay. You're going to be all right. And then we skip down to verse 17. And it says, so, after that conversation with Ananias and God. So Ananias departed and entered the house. And after laying hands on him, he said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road by which you were coming has sent me so that you may regain your sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. And immediately there fell from his eyes something like scales, and he regained his sight, and he got up, and he was baptized. And he took food, and he was strengthened. And and I love what happens here in this story, because Ananias is just chilling, and he's just like hanging out at home. He's watching college game day on a Saturday morning, just minding his own business. And God shows up and goes, Ananias. That's how he says people's names. Ananias, I need you to get up, and I need you to go to the straight road, the road called straight, and I need you to go pray over a murderer of people like you, because I'm changing his life. Now, here's the thing that I love about it: Ananias couldn't be that catalyst of spiritual change in Saul's life as long as he sat on the chair, as long as he sat on the couch, as long as he just sat there and was just like, Hey! You know what? I'm good right here. I'm okay. I'm safe. I'm all right. There's no big deal as long as he sat there and said that. But no, God said, I need you to go. It reminds me of the Great Commission where Jesus says, Go into all the world, making disciples. And he says, go. I need you to go to somebody that you don't like, you don't trust, and that you're scared of. I need you to go to them. And I don't need you to just go to them and go, hey, you, right here, Saul. I'm going to stay this far apart. No, he said, I need you to go, and I need you to lay hands on him. Hmm. We all need somebody that's willing to lay hands on us. We all need somebody that's willing to pray into our potential, pray into our future, pray into who we can be, not just pray over the mess that we're currently in. We all need somebody that looks at us and goes, I know what you were, but God knows who you will be. And that's what I'm going to pray over you. I'm going to pray something great over your life. We all need, watch this, in Ananias. An Ananias that isn't willing to just go, hey, this is good enough. But an Ananias is willing to go, I'm going to pray for your behind. Yes. We need somebody that's willing to lay hands on us. And I ain't talking about like these hands. Every now and then we need these hands too, don't we? I do. Sometimes I need somebody to rot my jaw. But the truth is, is like, we need somebody that's willing to pray over us, believe in us. The great thing that I love about Ananias and this story with Ananias is that we all need an Ananias but we don't just need fans can I tell you we don't need fans we don't just need cheerleaders Like, that stuff's great, and it gets us going, but after a while, we need an Ananias that's going to stand up and go, I'm here to pray the scales off your eyes so you can see from a new perspective and walk into a new life, and your name will no longer be Saul, but it will be Paul, and you will go, if you continue reading, you'll go, and you will, man, there's going to be thousands of converts that are going to come from you, and you're going to preach the gospel of Jesus, and it's going to change people's lives. Sometimes you need somebody that in your pity party picks you out of your mud and muck and goes, you stand up on your own two feet and you get up and you get that negativity out of your life and you become everything God called you to be. We need an Ananias. We need an Ananias. Ananias believes in us going to the next level. Ananias believes that God has sent them there so that you can get better. Ananias believes, and see, here's the thing: we all need somebody that believes that we can go to the next level. The problem is, is it's really easy for us to surround ourselves with the opposite of Ananias. See, Ananias prays for the next level. Everybody else cheers on our comfort. Everybody else cheers on our getting stuck. Everybody else just sits and listens to our negativity and goes, mm, "That's just too bad." That's, I'm sorry. Ananias goes, yep, sounds good. Now let's pray. Yep, sounds good. Now how are you going to change your mindset? Yep, sounds good. You've been through hard times, so what are you going to do to change it? Hey, yep, sounds good. You've been in a depression, so how are you going to flip that? That's what Ananias does. It helps us get better. It helps us get to that next level. But here's the issue. Here's the issue. Watch this. We cannot, it is really hard to live at that next level as long as we are offended and guarded every time somebody does it. We've created a society, and even honestly, Mick, I'm going to be real for a second. We've created a, a Christianity that gets offended anytime somebody says something we don't like. Right, yeah. Well, the world tells me I can live this way. Yep, good thing the world doesn't have a book that we're supposed to live by. That's right. The world tells me to live this way. Yeah, but it didn't die on the cross for you, did it? That's right. In fact, when you go to die, the world's going to move on. Yeah. Yeah. When Jesus died, he stuck around so that you could be reconciled with the Father. The reality is is we need people that look at us and go, I know what the world's telling you is okay. I'm telling you it's not. And the reason I'm telling you it's not is because God says it's not, and I'm here as a servant of God to help you get to that next level. Now watch this. It ain't up to them to make it happen, though. I can't look at them and go, Justin, I know you told me that I'm being a jerk to my wife and that I need to really like, treat her better and appreciate because she was a daughter of God before she was your wife. And, like, you probably need to treat her like that. Justin, I know you told me that, but I'm writing you off because I'm sick of you doing that to me. Wow. You embarrass me. Hey, man, I'm just trying to make you better. No, you ain't. You're just trying to call me up. Is this helping anybody? Are we good? Yeah. Y'all, it's just this mentality where we can't be offended. We've got to be at a place where it's like, man, I trust you with my life. That's why relationships administer the kingdom of God because it's hard for a stranger to come to you and go, hey, you really treated your wife like a jerk last week. But when they're a brother or a sister, hey, you really treated your spouse wrong last week. I can hear it differently. Relationships calls and create environments where everything can change in my life. They want, who are you giving permission to call you up? Not call you out. Don't, I don't, we don't need any more people to call us out in life, do we? Everybody looks for something to call people out. I don't, we don't need anybody to call us out. We need people to call us up. We need people to go, hey, that's not godly. Hey, that's not biblical. Hey, that's not right. Hey, that's not good. We need people that are going to look at us and go, I'm going to make you better. I'm going to call you to a new level. I'm going to not just call you there. I'm going to walk with you there. Ananias was the guy that came and laid hands. I think it's real interesting that Ananias was an enemy of Saul until he prayed for him. And then he called him brother. It's really hard to hate people you pray for. Maybe we need to start praying for more people. Be in that Ananias and watching that life change. This is helping you today. Relationships is so good. And then, so we all need an Ananias, but watch this. We all need to be an Ananias. We all need to be an Ananias. We all need to be somebody that is in relationship with people that makes them better. We all need to be somebody that encourages people. We could all use a little encouragement. You know, like sometimes we need to live by this. If I think something positive, I need to say something positive. If I think something good about them, hey Mike, I like your hat, man. Like for real. It's a cool hat, and I'm gonna find one like that one day. I like that hat. Sometimes we need to sometimes that may be the fuel to their fire to go, oh I'm good. I'm good, I could do this. Not that, oh he likes my hat. But like I'm not, I'm not a loser. I'm not, I'm not a screw-up. I can do this. There's people that believe in me. There's people that are walking with me in this thing. Encourage people. Hold on to negativity and spew positivity. It is too reversed right now. It is holding on to positivity and spewing negativity. Like, get, I hate negativity, y'all. I hate it. Can't stand it. When people start talking negative, I just want to like... I can't tell you. i got to pray through it what I want to do when that happens. Like, it just bothers me, man. Let's encourage people. Let's lift people up. When's the last time we looked at somebody and said, you know what? I know you're going through a hard time. But I'm, I just know there's something great in you. And it's just going to happen. You just hold on. You're great. You're awesome. Your hair is cool. I don't know. Just encourage somebody every now and then. Speak positivity in their life. Call them up. Make them better. Relationships are impossible. Justin, come up here and help me real quick, buddy, if you don't mind. Come on. Y'all give Justin a, a hand. He's going to help me. Just, I need you to put that on. We're going to have some fun and on Life Group Sunday today. <laughs> Let's go, baby. Don't worry about your hair. It's got enough gel in it to last a week. Let's go. You good? Come on. That's it right there. So here's what happens, right? Is we. <laughs> it's so good, isn't it? so fun. You ready? One, two, three. I love love these things. All right. What happens is throughout life, if you live life long enough, you learn life is tough, isn't it? Isn't life tough? Come on. Life's hard. What are you doing? Life is hard. Life is difficult. If you live through life long enough, you're going to lose loved ones in your life, aren't you? It's hard to comprehend. If you live life long enough, people are going to disappoint you. You ever been disappointed by somebody? Uh-huh. Yeah. If you live life long enough, then, then, and then somebody's going to say something to you that's going to hurt your feelings. It's going to happen, Justin. Most positive guy I know in the world. Right there, they're going to hurt your feelings one day. Yeah. If you live life long enough, work is going to be tough. If you live life long enough, you're going to be passed over for a promotion. If you live life long enough, you're going to, not going to have the finances you want. If you live life long enough... It's just life can be hard. And and what happens is as we live life, we build these parameters around us, right? We build these parameters that become bubbles. And they're like walls in our life. And what happens is the more we go through, the bigger the bubble gets. And the more bouncy the bubble gets. And, and, And the more we go through life, the more, well, they said this about me, so I'm cutting them off. Or they posted this. How dare they post that? Or my boss told me that and so we or COVID hits and the church used to be packed, but now it's an excuse to stay home. Or stop. I'm, don't get offended. I understand it to an extent. But my point is, is we used to come and worship and now we're getting out of it. Like I don't feel as close to God anymore. Why? Well, I ain't been to church in six months. And so life happens, right? I'm just telling you, I'm just being transparent as a pastor. Like, it gets hard sometimes. You live life long enough, and people you thought would be with you forever walk away, and they walk away and make it painful. Y'all know what I'm talking about, right? You live life long enough, you're going to go through a global pandemic. It puts up the walls for you. You, you live life long enough, and you, and you learn you don't know as much as you thought you did. And so you guard. And so what we do is we go through this life, man, and we just start bumping into each other. It's like, Justin, I like you, man. You're positive. You're a positive guy. Slide over this way a little bit. You're not in the light. You're a positive guy, right? You know, like, you're fun. I like you. You can help me get better in fitness and in life groups. You can help. It's getting a little harder every time we bump, y'all. And and, and like, I like you, but the problem is, is Justin, we got, we got these bubbles on us that keep us from getting too, too close, don't it? Mm -hmm. Keep us from getting too much in your bubble. Like we, as long as I'm in this, don't ask me that question. You ask me that question I get into my bubble and i walk over here and what happens is we start bumping. And the more we bump, because we both have our guards on, the more we separate. You know what I'm saying? And so I stepped on your foot. You're welcome. And we go through all that and we separate. And what happens is, is we got these bubbles and we're like, what in the world? What in the world? And then we just get tired of, of bumping into each other's guard. And so we just go, you know what? Forget it. I don't, I don't need him. He, in fact, it's his fault. I'm the best friend he could ever have, But he just went and put his guard down. And the reality is, it's both guards bumping against each other, making it very difficult to get through. But what would happen if we were willing to go, you know what? Life does get hard. And life does get difficult. And, and, and people have walked out on me. And people I trusted. And people I loved. And work's done this. And, but you know what, Justin? I'm not going to hold you accountable for what they did. So I'm going to take my bubble off. And I'm going to take that off. And Justin, I'm going to help you get your bubble off. And you know what, Justin? You know what we're going to be able to do now? We're going to be able to embrace and we're going to be able to talk about life and we're going to be able to figure out how to be better husbands to our wives. We're going to be able to figure out how to be better fathers. We're going to be able to figure out how to go through the hard times together. We're going to be able to figure out, you know, hey, you're the Florence campus director. We're going to figure out how to change that city for Jesus together. Why? Because our bubbles are down. We can be in relationship together because we decided at some point, I got to bust the bubble. I I, got to get away from the bubble. I got to give an opportunity for us to connect on a level that God wanted us to connect. And I, I know, I know like, this is hard for men especially.
1: I am, I'm not going to talk about that.
0: I don't want to join Life Group because I don't want to talk about my, my stuff. I don't want to talk about my junk. You know, PT said something in his message, Pastor Travis, I shouldn't use initials. Pastor Travis, our executive pastor, said something in his message in July. And he talked about how a sheep is attacked when it's away from the herd. And if you study it, that's absolutely 100% true. That as long as there's a herd together, the prey is typically not going to attack because there's power in numbers and there's power in, in a group. And so what would be the best way for the enemy to get us to a place of attack? To get us where we're away from our brothers and our sisters. To get us where we're away from the family of faith to get us where we're in our bubble, like I'm in my bubble, can't touch me when I'm in my bubble. And the enemy's going, No, I got you. So he gets us in our bubble and he just chomps and he just chomps and he just keeps going and attacking moment after moment depression, anxiety, negativity, and hurt and pain and loss and distrust. And he attacks until we're eventually just laying on the ground, bleeding out, barely breathing, and we're by ourselves. And the enemy will look at us. I'm telling you, I've seen it. And he'll go, now you can breathe your last breath on the ground by yourself because nobody is around. And I'm telling you, the kingdom looks and goes, no, no, no. Get in groups. Get in church. Get in a life group. Get in, in groups with people that go, no, 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 you don't have to live that way. You don't have to think that way that'll throw your dadgum bubble to the side for you so that your next level is not just something you talk about, but it's something you experience because there is power that happens in that moment. Because here's what I believe. I believe that there's faith in Jesus. There's power in relationships. (laughs) But there's life change when you combine the two. When you get Jesus and Jesus-filled relationships on the same level, y'all, that's where life change happens. That's where life change happens. And the, the one deterrent that most of us have to groups, well, I don't want anybody asking about my life. You may have to work up to that. There ain't a single person in here that isn't walking through the chicken coop of life. And when you walk through a chicken coop, I don't know if you ever have, I was raised taking care of chickens. My parents still have chickens. You walk through a chicken coop, guess what you're going to get on your shoe? Chicken poop. you all like, can I say that? It's church. Yeah, it's for Jesus. Some of us want to walk around like we ain't got doo-doo on our shoe. I'm serious. We want to walk around like there ain't nothing going on in our life. We don't want to walk around like, oh, I'm good, great, amazing, incredible. But can I just tell you, everybody already smells the doo-doo anyway. Like, for real. I'm not trying to be gross. I'm not trying to be inappropriate. It's just the best analogy I could think of. We all smell it anyway. Let's talk about it. Man, I don't, my dad never really taught me. What it meant to be a, an Ephesians 5 husband. My, my mom never really taught me this. My, man, I, I battle with these thoughts in my head that I know aren't good and they're not godly, but I don't know what to do with them. Can I tell you, you're not the only person dealing with that. And there's probably somebody in a group somewhere that's already been through that that can help you through it. That is the power of godly relationships. And I just, my prayer today, listen, I'm not trying to convince you to sign up for a group because it's like he gets more in. Who am I going to brag about that to that actually cares? Like, for real, if I came in here and told you, you'd clap, but then you'd walk away and not even remember the number. You know why I want you in a group? I don't want you to be devoured. I don't want you to be attacked. And I want you to know the people that you worship with. In fact, bring your friends from work. Let them know the people you worship with, too. Let them encounter God. So what I want to do is I'm going to pray, if there's anybody in the room that wants to give their heart to the Lord tonight, I'm going to pray over that, and then I'm going to pray over us all. And then we're going to go, we're going to change the world, and we're going to join groups today. So if you would, just bow your head, close your eyes, because it's time to burst some bubbles. It's time to get these bubbles off. And let's just get real in life. Is there anybody in the room that would say, you know what, I really want to give my heart to Jesus today. Like I need to submit and surrender my life to Jesus. The one that hung on the cross to give me forgiveness and reconcile my relationship with God for eternity. If that's you and you want to surrender your life to him, would you just hold your hand up right where you are today? I'd love nothing more than to pray with you. Now, I'd just love to pray over you right before we leave today. Father, we honor you, and we worship you. And God, I thank you that we get to be a part of a church that's full of amazing people that want relationship with you and with others. God, help us have an Ananias, and help us be an Ananias. Help us have people and in these groups. God, I pray divine connection with people that help us get to that next level. But God, I pray right now that I would be an Ananias to somebody. And somehow you'd use little old me to help somebody else be a world changer. God, I thank you. I thank you for the groups that are available. I thank you for the leaders that are leading them. I thank you for all of that because God, that's going to change lives. And as it changes lives in this church, it's going to change the area code and the zip code. It's going to change this city. It's going to build your kingdom. Father, we honor you. And we worship you in your name. Can we just make some noise, a lot of noise for King Jesus in the room today.